0: and welcome back to our special series, Whisper in the Wings. Today, uh, we are honored to have one of the uh, producers of Everything's a Six production, Erin McNerney. I believe I'm saying McNerney.
1: Yeah, McNerney, you got it.
0: Perfect. So she's with Everything's a Six production. Uh, Their most recent uh, production was Connor McPherson's uh, Shining City, which uh, was done at Paradise Factory Theater there in the Lower East Side um, and that uh, the the kind of review or the the short version of that's coming out on a uh, soon-to-be Broadway bulletin um, but I was as we were just talking before we started this it it was like nothing I have seen before um, it was quite the exciting and roller coaster show that I didn't anticipate what, I don't feel like I'm doing um, it justice. Why don't you, why don't you tell us a bit about the show? Uh,
1: The show is about um, an ex-priest turned therapist, Ian, who is a bit lost in his own life. Um, And he starts his own private practice and meets um, John who is recently bereaved and going through a big change in his life. And it's through their relationship and their interactions, it becomes like a who-helped-whom story. Um, and, And how unburdening guilt or shame and connecting with other people can help you, can help free you into living your fullest life you know, it can relieve you of a lot of that guilt. Um, it's also a play about mystery and what's beyond and what haunts us. You know, it does touch on religion, it touches on the supernatural and, and the importance of really, and how um, the importance of believing in something larger, something other than ourselves and how that uh, can really influence comfort or disturb our life, you know, uh, one of my favorite lines that John says at the end is, um, "It's not what you see; it's how it makes you feel." Mm-hmm. That,
0: mm-hmm. You know. So. Oh, and the, then of course the ending, and. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that line really resonates at that moment because. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, we were just talking about the reaction the audience has at the end. And I just remember when that happens at the end, I, without missing a beat, just cover my mouth and I was like, sweet. And I just yell out, sweet Jesus, you know. And the couple <laughs> next to me like giggled, but I was like, I didn't mean to yell that out, but <laughs> what do you say? Like, you know, there, this, t- like, this show was a brilliant, like, You could tell it was Irish. It was almost like a a slow burning show, kind of lulling in a way. Like it like lulled you in, it pulled you in. It was like, you're safe, it's good. Every, you know where this is going, everything is fine. And then, you know, we get to like that that final bit of scene where like he goes up to the top of the hill and brings back his friend, you know? I don't wanna give too much away, but he brings back a friend and you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry what (laughs) we this wasn't where i you said i had to be comfortable and go to and then of course the final bit of the play that i was like all right i guess (laughs) i guess this is where connor wants us to go to and 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 i just felt it it shattered my sense of safety in the Mm. best way which i loved i i just love that
1: Yeah, I love that you say it like that, too, because uh, we really wanted to hold on to the theme and highlight the theme that nobody escapes guilt. Everyone experiences it, you know, and it it doesn't matter if you're like mm, what society might think of the lowest low or society might think of the most elevated. Mm -hmm. We all have these shadow selves or situations, you know, like in life, you never really know what you're going to do until you're there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can plan for it and you can hope for the best and you can say your morals are X, Y, and Z, but then suddenly life um, challenges you and uh, you do the best you can Yep, where yep. you are with what you have, you know? And, and I think that, you know, it's, there's a little, it really does touch on class in the In the play in Shining City talks about, you know, it does have all the different lower, middle, upper class hints and how everyone's going through their own struggle and dealing with things that are surprising and handled in surprising ways. And um, talked about who who hides what and who feels it's necessary to, um, you know, come clean, really, you know, so... I love that. Well, how
0: did you come upon this show?
1: Uh, Sean Rucciardi, my co-producer, and I belong to the Folster Studio. is an acting studio in New York City. Um, and during the pandemic, the studio went um, remote like everything else. We were doing Zoom classes and whatever and trying to make it work and doing the best we can um, we were given, we were given scene two of Shining City and, uh, we had both been excited to work with each other. We'd seen our work, you know, over the years in the studio, but we hadn't been partners yet. And so there is like that excitement. And then, um, we got into, and we have Irish heritage, which is awesome. And then we started learning the brogue and we started really delving into the characters and then just on zoom, like the power of the scene and uh I was like hey I have something I want to ask you and he was like I have something I want to talk to you about too I was like (laughs) I want to do this do you want to I was going to say the same thing I want to do it too how can we do this we've got to do this you know so we decided that we were going to produce and put on this play without ever having done the scene in person
0: I love and we him. just,
1: we were, it was just, it we were called to it. And we, we thought, you know, who can play John, you know, um, Sean, Fol- Sean Patrick Folster should play John. We should ask him. And then he could probably direct it beautifully as well. So I think that's a really good fit. So we approached him and then uh, we originally had someone else in mind for Lawrence, but it turned out that it, with life and, and, and whatnot, it just sort of, didn't work timing wise um, with that actor. And so we auditioned for the role of Lawrence and we're super pleased when we got Ross. um, He was also a part of the studio. So we've been working um, this. It's like an, it was like an ensemble. It was like a first production of an ensemble theater. It was a really magical experience and um, everybody, yeah, everybody was in it for the love of the work and the love of the play
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: of each other. And I think that was just palpable from beginning to end. And I think that is part of what was exciting for the audiences to be a part of.
0: Yeah, and you really could feel that like everybody had their passion into it. Like this is one of the few shows that I've seen that it did, it felt like everybody was fully, invested in this you know um i've i've seen a handful of irish shows where i'm like okay i know you're not an irish actor but that is a great accent like this really i was like okay i can't tell i can't (laughs) i know that the travel ban is lifted are you like (laughs) hmm, you know and everything Something that I've been like, I keep saying when I, I'm reviewing shows for our, our mini episode is, you know, the, the dialogue felt very natural, felt very conversation. It didn't feel scripted. And I found myself like, when I left and I was talking to my wife, she's like, I was sure. I says, great, great, great. And I said, the one thing though, I could do without ever hearing again is, you know, and she's like, what? And I said, every other word in this play was, <laughs> you know. and I said, but I'm pretty sure it was written that way because I know for a fact, I have family over there that that's every other word is, you know, Similar to how we go like, you know, like, 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 and I was like, you know, if you're an actor and you study, when you have those words repeated over and over and over, they have to have a different meaning. So for these guys to put that time in, but make it seem just so flawless and natural, I was just like, we are not watching a play. We were literally, we were watching two people and I'm just a fly on the wall. And I'm cont- I don't think I can listen to this because of doctor, patient, you know, confidentiality and, and especially, um, who was the husband? What was the husband's name? Um, not Jack. Ian. Ian. Thank you. I was like, I, I don't want to say it's Jack. It's not Jack. Ian, Ian, story. <laughs> like that was one of the characters that most lulled me because I was like, where are you going with this? What's happening? And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm sorry. What <laughs> you did? What you of all people did what <laughs> And I just thought that is exactly how an Irish person probably would go about it. You would, it wouldn't be a big deal to you. You'd be like, Oh, by the way, and I also assassinated someone and I tended to the garden, you know, and I, you know, back up a minute. Can we talk about what you just said a minute? You know? So you, you could see the love and the passion that you guys put into this. It really, it just, it exuded from every, from, from the design element to the cast. It really, There was no shortage of anything in this which i was really impressed with kudos to all of you on that um
1: yeah thank you um we knew we were on the right path because every time we needed something it presented itself we're like set designer sean patrick folster was like i've worked with josh iacovelli i know he can make the most beautiful sets and on a shoestring budget poor Josh <laughs> nice. and uh, he created magic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was so glad people got to sit with his set, you know, before the beginning of the play and just yeah. really I'm take like it in. There, there, like, taking everything.
0: I'm like, look at that. That's beautiful. And Oh, I'd really love to have that in my house and that, and I'm going through it and then just watching the set transform itself. I was like, I don't know. This is cool. And, and at the end, that lamp, Oh my God, that lamp. I mean, not to God, like gush over a lamp, but really like it was such, I want to know where you guys found a lamp like that. Cause
1: my God. <laughs> you know, it was a, I guess that was, that was a personal item of my co-producer uh, Sean Charities, and um, I keep, dropping last names because there's just too many Sean's so um, (laughs) but yeah um, that was a bit of a happy accident you know it's a Tiffany style lamp and those who know and that almost got an applause every night like people when it was revealed people you know you could just feel the awe (laughs) it was really kind of cool I was like that is
0: (laughs) something special because I was like that's not like a a thrift store fake little thing i was like there, that is that is something you know and i was like please don't drop that oh my gosh <laughs> like mm. <laughs> so i'm um, yeah um so what else was it like developing the show i mean you kind of talked about how you guys got together and you're like we need to do this what else like can can you tell us more about putting it together
1: Putting it together, I—I uh, I have that same thought. It was a learning process. It was—it was like it took the team. You know, it was Sean had these skill sets, and I had these skill sets, and and we really had to rely heavily on each other and not be afraid to ask for help. Um, I was lucky enough to have a couple of people who have done this before that I could call on and say, um, we've come to this impasse and what do, you know, how do I look at this? What do I ask? You know, where should I go? And they were really good at helping direct me in that way. Um, fundraising was a huge learning curve, (laughs) (laughs) It was, the <laughs> I was like oh my gosh that was yeah that was really um humbling you know and also gratifying to just the generosity of our friends and family and friends of friends and um was really was really amazing um and, and knowing, learning, learning what things cost, you know, to rent the theater, to, you know, make, create that beautiful set, to pay the actors and the creatives. That was my most important thing when I went into this because oftentimes in this tier It was a equity showcase code. A lot of times actors get paid a tiny stipend, like it barely covers your subway card, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really, really important to me that we fundraised enough to pay people what felt like a worthwhile fee, you know, that for their time, for their passion, for the four weeks that they're performing, for the tech Um, for all the rehearsals and it's not easy you know and I don't think that actors and creatives should have to donate their time just because they're doing it in New York like that's great but it's a job like anybody else does you know and it's and it's a passion job and it's a labor of love but still deserve to get paid
2: you You know it's a real
1: real craft and and a lot of work goes into it so So that was really important. Um, And then Sean's wife, Natalie, is this fantastic designer. Um, She helped, you know, with marketing design and all that kind of stuff. And we really went as deep as we could into social media and um, free advertising that way as best we could, you know.
0: We also have another guest joining us at this point in the interview we have the other um producer artistic director i'm not sure what to call you guys but uh sean Ricciardi.
2: richiardi
0: uh, richiardi okay. i'm sorry i am horrible with names sean Ricciardi. Okay. um he's now going to be joining uh, Aaron and myself um we were just talking about shining city and uh, we were talking about the development of the show um and Aaron, you were just mentioning, we were talking about fundraising and you were talking about diving into like free advertising and contracts and whatnot. Um, and I, I wanted to jump in and mention actually how I found your show um, was I was walking down to a theater further past the, the one you guys were at. And as I walked by, I saw the banner up for Shining City, that logo, and I just went, huh. I remember seeing a show at this theater. I didn't realize they had another show in and I was like, that looks kind of cool. And then I looked up Shining City and went by Connor McPherson. Oh my God, I love Connor McPherson. And I just like immediately put have to get tickets for the show. I have no idea what the show is about, but I have to get tickets and it must be good because that logo looks good. So yeah, you said the yeah. it was Natalie that designed that? Yep. That's my,
2: that's my wife. So I'll, I'll uh, send her your regards.
0: <laughs> it was, it was brilliant and, and it stuck in my mind. And so that I, I mean, I, I wish I'd seen more of whatever you guys had done, but that just that logo alone was enough to, to attract a guy walking down the street. I think I was walking over to see man cave further mm. down. Uh, I can't think of that. It's a middle school way down yonder, but um, yeah, it, I was excited to come see it after that. So, but I oh. love that you guys, I mean, this literally sounds like it was a show that you started from scratch, everything, not just a show, but a, a company, just everything from the ground, <laughs> you know, and, and put it together. What, I mean, that's incredible. And, and it feels like you've come out on the other end, just, you know, successful and amazing. And I, I hope it was a good experience.
2: I mean it's, for it. me it was amazing yeah it was Yeah, yeah I feel like it was uh, I would call it a success I mean we we first time producers Aaron and I are you know so grateful for the 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 team that we brought we were able to bring together that kind of just we all just worked so well together and and I mean uh, yeah the 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 turnout was amazing so you know, what else could we ask for? People seem to really be affected by uh, the material and what we were doing, so.
1: That's fabulous. Yeah, we had like just growing support and um, more and more strangers in the audience, which was really exciting for me. And um, I don't know, it's just, yeah, that it felt very gratifying and very like, feel very accomplished and, and excited to move forward, yeah it was like that. yeah, and in terms of
2: <laughs> I was going to say, in terms of the like advertising and things like t d f and Today ticks, that was a huge kind of help for that, having a lot of people that we you know didn't you know that, I think uh, what was it our first week or second week, Aaron, we had a couple who comes into New York just to like see shows and. They looked us up and they were like, oh, Connor McPherson, great. You know, And they they just came on a whim, didn't know what the show was about. And afterwards they were just like, they loved it. So it's, you know, that's yeah. cool. That's what New York theater is all about, right?
0: Absolutely. That, that's the way to see theater. And and, and, and right. actually, I mentioned to Aaron, when we were talking before the interview, I said, that's, that's kind of the whole goal with our podcast is not just to be like, hey, Broadway's great. But I'm like, guys, seriously, just wander off Broadway. You're going to see stuff that you never thought you'd like, but it's going to blow your mind and you're going to, you're going to leave changed.
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, You know, I had a friend of mine say something to me that I had never considered. He said, you know, when it's a Friday or Saturday night and we don't know what to do, we just look at TDF because it's cheaper than a movie. Oh yeah. And thought, oh my God. I never thought of that. <laughs> and you'll so- tell you a better story too. Yeah. And you get to share something with this, you know, with the audience and Mm. it's different and it's just, yeah, it's tangible. And it felt so good. Felt so good to be back in a space with people. Right. Like a
0: good communal experience. Oh, felt so good. So how long have you guys been working on the show? About a
1: year.
2: I'd say a year, yeah. I mean, we started workshopping the scene between Aaron and I, um, yeah, about a little over a year ago. And we said, you know, after what, about four months into working on it, just that scene, we were like, let's do this. Like, we we looked at each other. I think it was, I don't think one of us, one or the other, had the the idea first. It was almost as if, like, the universe was like, ding, like in both of our minds, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And we just kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, let's do this, you know? And, and it, and it, it just came together. Um, You know, our, our director played John, we came to him. I just, we had faith in him. We've known, I don't know how long you've known Sean Aaron, but I've known him about four and a half years. And
1: about the
2: same. Yeah. About the same. And yeah. And we, he's just, uh, Andrew, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts if you've spoken on what you thought of Sean yet, but but he is just unbelievable. Any time I've ever seen him work, so we we had faith, and and then the cast just kind of, you know, Ross really rounded it out, and um, we got lucky, you know, got lucky. How how much we all kind of work well together, and um, yeah. Technically, we started rehearsal. In person, full on. It was like five, six weeks out. Five weeks, I think, was our starting point, right, Erin?
1: Something like that. It's uh, <laughs> it's all a whirlwind at this point.
2: Yeah, and what's what's crazy too is yeah, like right? we yeah we we loaded in we loaded in the, the set and everything literally days before we opened. So you know it was it was yeah. all so quick. You know we had to because there was a show in there literally the night before <laughs> wow the night the night before the night before monday we loaded in monday it took us three full days of loading in setting lights focus rehearsal all that all that good stuff and then open thursday so you know
0: wow, that is a quick turnaround yeah it was really cool. yeah yeah <laughs>
2: wow. yeah yeah but we had a huge supportive crew who came in and just like you know people were just volunteering their time and and really helping us and and you know putting so much effort in to make this a beautiful you know set I mean our set I I, I, being on it the entirety of the show like I am so grateful for how detailed and just intimate that set feels you know because it gave us a lot to work with I think so
0: Mm -hmm. the last thing I want to mention about the show is um, who do you hope have access to it or had access to it?
1: It's important for us that the community um, is a part of what we're creating because uh, we really want to focus on important human universal stories that are really touching lives. And um, So we outreached to the community and we were hoping we, you know, hope that we received audience members from the Lower East Side and anyone who might be coming by to the local restaurants or who live in the neighborhood. And um, we also were fortunate enough to go um, and offer some tickets to the Goddard um, Riverside and they were able to raffle off tickets and send some of the seniors to come see the show um, and we definitely want to do more outreach like that, um, and start having more of a symbiotic kind of community flow with, with that.
0: Yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Oh, I mm-hmm.
0: love, I love that you guys are a starting theater company, but you're still, you're already giving back to the community. Like that's, that's stellar. That, that, thank you on behalf of the community. That's amazing. That's
1: what theater is for. <laughs> right? You and know, that community.
0: That's, and that's yeah. what we've been missing so much in the last two years is just that that sense of community. And, and really, that, like you'd mentioned, you were trying to get the people to come out, not just to your show, but the restaurants and everything around it. And I, I was just mentioning as we were walking around um, the West Village and that today, I said, it's so nice to see like people out and about and things coming back to life. And I was like, when we came back here to the city last summer, it just it didn't feel like New York, like things are opening up, but it didn't, it didn't have that. It, wasn't to, it was not to me not until theater started coming back that I was like, yeah, see, there's the energy, there's the life coming back because people are going to shows and they're going to the restaurant, they're going to the bar, like hearing people be like, hey, let's go meet at the bar after this. I was like, there you go. One thing's going to lead to another, now sit down and talk about the show and create a whole evening of it. You know, I think it's yeah. the
1: heartbeat of New York without the arts. New York is yeah. not New York, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And I think that the pandemic and the, and the shutdown really made that obvious.
0: Yeah. know <laughs> that we need real connection that anything else you can do, you can do virtually or whatever, but you need something to create real connection to justify everything else. On our show, uh, we do talk about not just breaking down s- shows and stories and designs and that, but we do talk about our personal experiences. So I wanted to talk to you guys about some of your personal experiences in the theater. Um, and if I could start off with asking you, what shows in the past have inspired you, or maybe what playwrights or composers maybe have have you drawn inspiration from? Uh, why don't we start? Sorry, why don't we start, Aaron, with you first? <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, So I've mostly done musical theater in my career. And um, one of the shows that changed my life was In the Heights Mm -hmm. um, because it was important to me when I saw it became really important to me that it was a current topic, you know, with um, a colorful cast and um, growing up a dancer, Andy Blankenbuehler's choreography was layered in as another language like without his choreography it's not the same story yes. and um just the risk that was taken on that stage and the heart and the community um it was like that it's what everything important and it's a new story you know um that that really changed my that really changed my life. That one that was palpable for me, for sure. And so, um yeah, I think with everything I create, it's it's important that el- every element is on purpose, you know. So. I love I love that show too. That. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: that was, that was one of those ones I've seen that I was like, okay. And I remember vowing that I'm like, I'm never going to go see a hip-hop musical, hip-hop and musical. <laughs> and then I saw it and I was like, I will eat my hat. And I will, <laughs> you know, like, no. It's so important to take those risks. I, yeah. you know, and it changed everything. And then, you know, the next work would shake up the entire theater again. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Sean, how about you?
2: Um. <clears throat> one that i saw it's actually a musical as well and i saw it fairly uh recently i guess uh it was about i want to say four years ago three or four years ago it was um right as i had just started working with uh, our uh, our director sean uh and getting to know him and that process and the process that we used on our show shining city um uh, is called a band's visit with katrina lank and yeah. and tony Shaloub when I saw that so I love I love musicals too Um, and I I actually the first thing that kind of I did I was in high school I did Guys and Dolls Mm -hmm. I played Sky Masterson and I went out on stage on the first scene the first night we did it I came off after that first scene and I was like all right this is it like I, I like acting on stage doing like creating another character being someone else and like sharing that story with people It was like this is this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life but when I saw a band's visit, I was like, wow, the, the, the intimacy and the, like the humanity of that show. And like, I love musicals and, and I love the spectacle of musicals. But like, when I saw bands visit, I was like, wow. So musicals can also be this, like almost this intimate where, Yeah. But like still so moving. And Mm -hmm. so like, like just like it, it, it touched me inside when I saw it. I was like, "Oh wow!" Like you know, I cried in that, you know, and it was, it was. Uh, I mean, Katrina Link is amazing too, and and it just it it inspired me too to be like, well, you know what, we can make theater that's like intimate and and you know, and I think it it's one of those one of those you know situations. So I don't know in terms of longer, like longer. It's been, I saw Clyde's on Broadway. Did you see, did you I see did. that by um, Lynn Nottage? Yeah. That was super, I mean, that was super fun and just like.
0: Made you hungry. That's a good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But again, the, the humanity in that one too. You know, I think personally, I think good theater is, is when, we, when we connect on a like deep existential level in some way, whether it's indirect or direct, I think mm-hmm. it's like you know, I think ours was a little more direct <laughs> considering it was a therapy session. So it was all about like what we're feeling as humans, <laughs> but Clyde's, Clyde's through the sandwich. I really appreciated that kind of like, you know, that uh, metaphor. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know that I, I absolutely agree with that. And I mean, one thing I do remember, um, is the year of the band's visit was the first show I'd ever seen in the fall. Because we would we'd always be out here for the summer. And that was the first year in the fall we came out. Our first show, we were exhausted. And I was like, okay, this is a pretty decent show. And then coming back in the summer, that season, the Tony-nominated shows were like all these huge, like explosive, exciting shows like SpongeBob and Mean Girls. And then you had the band's visit. And I was like, I remember the band's visit being like the most effective show but saying the least, if that makes sense. It didn't have to say or do much, but it was the most effective. And so when it was like winning all these awards, I was like, I think that's something to note. You don't have to have the biggest or be the loudest to say the most or do the most. And my wee little college brain was like that, the whole power and stillness thing. Like, okay. Yeah. Thanks, professor. Okay. I see where you're going with that, (laughs) you know, putting the things um okay, so what what is your guys's uh, favorite part about working in the theater and Sean, why don't I start with you on that one?
2: Um, I mean, uh, just the energy that you get from the audience you know it's it's just so the the, the live audience aspect you know I've done film and TV and, and and I enjoy both, but every night is so different depending on what the humans who are coming to see the show bring with them, you know, what they respond to, what they find. So, you know, moving to them is different every night. So, and I'm, and I'm the type of person who I I'm kind of aware of like the response, you know, for good or for better or worse, it just depends. <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, I, I, I I feed off of their response. So like, that's, that's my favorite part of the theater is just the, the the people, the people that are there with you, you know, Mm -hmm. and the fact, and the fact that you go through it, start to finish. You're not, it's, it's chronological, you know, as long as the play is chronological, you go start to finish, you live out this character beginning to end. And it's, it's full. There's a fullness about it. You know, that, that you don't always get with film and TV because you're like, you know, doing a 30 second shot or, or two minute shot, and then you cut to another random time within the story, so.
0: And Aaron, how about you? What What is your favorite part about working in the theater?
1: Uh, I think for me, it's about the sensorial, you know, it's a full body experience. Um, it's not just using your brain there's a lot of using your brain. It's not just using your body. It's very physical, you know, it's not, it's emotional, you know, and it's, it's finding those parts within you time and time again, and connecting with the the people who are also in the production with you. Um, I think, God, there's nothing better than an ensemble that's breathing together, you know, and, um, I like to know that I've changed someone or affected someone in whatever that way that is, you know, um, just knowing there, I, I maybe it's the vulnerability or the risk or the, I don't know the word, but it's, you know, it. It's just so alive it's vi- it's vibrational that to mm-hmm. me is, is the best part it yeah. never gets old
0: it never no. gets old <laughs> yeah i i i had uh i interviewed a, a couple of actors from another show, and one said he told a story about um he had this overwhelming amount of stage fright when he was in high school, and he says it never goes away. you just learn how to handle it better, and if it does go away, you're doing the wrong show. you shouldn't ever feel super comfortable it should be frightening and exciting and that's the thrill of it and I was like I never thought about that but that's exactly why we kind of keep coming back because it's it's never the same it's always different it's alive theater is alive that's why it's a live art you know it's oh hey
1: I'm, you can never get in a rut you always have to be like It's like, it's like a sport, you know, where's the ball coming from next? You know, you always gotta be on your toes. You always have to, it's just, there's something so fulfilling about that. Yeah,
0: I've got friends that keep coming Like we got friends that are visiting us now and they like to go see shows and I'll try my best if I don't have anything to do to go see it with them. And they're like, are you sure you want to go see the show? Like you've seen it five times. And I'm like, I can see a show 40 times. It's different every single time. It's never the same. Even if all the actors are the same, it's never the same show back to back. It's always different because the audience is always different. The weather is always different. You never know what you're going to get. And that is the brilliance of theater. And (laughs) we're going to go on a tangent on that one there. <laughs> well to round everything out if I can ask you guys a, a nice deep and big question um, what is your favorite theater memory and um, mm. I don't know would like to go first who's pondered and ready to go first but mm. <laughs> no why
1: is that so um, hard
2: okay so <laughs> i think i i just it's my favorite memory because it was the craziest like thing i think i've done
0: um <laughs> well, i'm
1: excited for I this
2: did, I, did, <laughs> I did and it's funny it's a it's a it was an it was an irish play it was called the chagrin uh and it was uh it was done in my uh, my university and it was my like i think it was my final year and i played the villain and um it had to do with like, it, it was like a class play where it was like the villain was trying to take all the people's land. And uh, our our director had this giant cow that he like brought in from Wisconsin. You know, like you drive on the side of the road and you see the big the big cows that are supposed to like, you know, advertise for milk and dairy farms. Mm-hmm. He brought that in, cut out holes in it. People were in it. It was like the house. It was this, the main set piece. And at the very end of the play, I get what I deserve, and <laughs> it was essentially everyone in the cast coming around, huddling up around me, ripping all my clothes off <laughs> except for my top hat, and so then I was there. They separated, and I was there, like, naked with my, you know, just my backside showing to the audience, and I I was just, like, there was, like, an auditorium of 500 people, and that was the first time <laughs> I'd ever done, like, like a big big role at my college so it was it was um yeah the most memorable for sure for me
0: (laughs) i'm just imagining this cow now
2: yeah yeah and me and me like like half naked wearing a top hat in front of it a giant cow (laughs) like what like the pictures uh, (laughs) yeah yeah right right the pictures could be like an abstract painting
1: (laughs) so And how about you, Erin? Oh, I don't really know. I'm having all these little flashes. Um, But I guess one that I feel like sharing is when I was in high school, I was pretty quiet in high school. um, And I was part of the drama club. And the drama drama club teacher was my favorite English teacher. (laughs) And um, we would do, like, plays in the fall, one-act plays, and, like, go around to the elementary schools and do children's productions. And I just remember one year she wrote a play. It was called The Christmas Witch. And she was like, Erin, here, I want you to be the Christmas Witch. And I just thought to myself, my God, (laughs) like, I didn't audition for this. I didn't ask for this. Are you sure? Like, you know, it's just one of those moments of like, wow, somebody saw me before I saw me, you know, it was just, what a gift. She was a very special woman. What a gift. I'll yeah. hold that with me forever. Yeah.
0: Teachers are important, man. They are so important. So I love that you shared that. Um. So you, we've, we've talked and you've mentioned this is the first production of Everything's a Six production, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Perfect. So... I'm hoping that there's some stuff in the works. There's some rumblings <laughs> I've been told, but, we're, but if our listeners want to get more information maybe about um, your company or if they want to just, you know, kind of keep their ear to the ground, see what's coming, where can they get more info about you guys?
2: So currently you can go to shiningcitynyc.com um, and then we will also have everything's a up shortly. Uh, it's just, we it's, you know, combined. And we we're, we're currently as in as shiningcitynyc.com. And if you go to contact us on that URL, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter and we will, uh, send out emails, not, it, you know in prinkly we're not going to bomb your something's your mailbox <laughs> <laughs> yeah when something is coming up when we have an announcement of our next show or or you know some big news of something that may have happened we will send out an email letting everyone know and um yeah
0: yeah that's fantastic okay so just just to repeat one more time shiningcity.com no shiningcitynyc.com that's right. Correct. Contact us. Eventually that's going to switch over to the everything's a six.com. That's right. Which we'll keep in contact so we can let our listeners know when that happens so that they can thanks <laughs> stay in contact with you this fabulous production company. So well, my yeah. guests today have been uh Sean Ricciardi and Aaron McNerney uh producers of everything's a six production thank you guys so much for joining me here on our little interview whisper in the wings it's been it's meant so much and really congrats again on this incredible production that enticed and frightened and brought joy and (laughs) all the things it was such a wonderful show thank you guys so much
1: thank you andrew a pleasure to be here with you
2: yes thank you so much andrew
0: If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageWhisperPod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stage whisper Pod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by David Mumford, Jazzar, and Billy Murray.